Hello and welcome to the Tobin and Arsenal podcast on New Year's Day. Happy 2024 to everyone. Um, I'm your host as always, Jonathan Giles. Um, on the show this week, we'll be reviewing our 2-1 away loss to Marco Silva's Fulham side on New Year's Eve yesterday. Also at the end of the show, we'll be giving our December goal and clear the month. So sit back and enjoy the show. As usual, I'm joined by my seasonal guest at this stage, and it's a pleasure to have you on, lads, on this New Year's Day, um, New Year, New Hope, and more meltdowns, probably. First of all, I'll come to you, uh, Eamon Donnelly. How are you, pal, and Happy New Year. Eamon, Jonathan, Eamon, John, all is quiet there, New Year's Day. Uh, I think that was Bono there. Sounds more like a dog food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay myself. Um, I, I've had to compartmentalise uh, the Arsenal um, to make myself okay. <laughs> 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 it's the only way you can do it, you know. Um, yeah, we're okay. We're all good. Happy New Year to everybody. As Eamon says, we don't follow the Arsenal. We care about them. <laughs> no, we, 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 we yeah, I, I don't follow the Arsenal. I worry about them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like a, a, a nagging wife you can't get away away from. Yeah. Um, I'm also joined by a fresh-looking um, John Mealy. You have an age today in 2024 so far. How are you? Oh, nearly there already. Yeah. <laughs> I used a, a few years yesterday watching that football. <laughs> you keeping well, John? Yeah. Can't complain. Thanks, Johnny. Happy New Year to everybody. It's great to have you on board, lads. Um, um and yeah, we're into what's this match week twenty now, which is mad, yeah. Um we we'll kick on with yesterday's game, that's um which was against Fulham, um two one to Fulham, sadly. Um uh two defeats in a row now after Torsley's two and a loss to West Ham. I can't really remember the last time that happened really in the league under Arteta, but um two tough der- London derbies. Uh to be to be said, really, um, goals by Jimenez and Di Cardova Reed for Fulham, and Bukayo Saka got our goal. Um, a few notes I have here, lads. Um, Bukayo Saka scored after four minutes. Uh, really good start, and I thought that's my, where the floodgates might open. Justly, um, Martinelli shot was well saved by Leno, but he just passed, pushed it into the path of Saka, who took his goal well. I thought. VAR was on to somehow find a line that wasn't going to get the goal, but thankfully it's done. And um, I thought after that, I think Saka was a bit surprised himself because you can't celebrate goals now, you know, unless VAR after five minutes gives the, the lie. But I thought that's where we would have pushed on and maybe got one or two more. But in fairness, that woke Fulham up kind of, I think. Um, I thought for their equaliser, William and Iwobi had a good games for them, the two ex-Gooners. Um, William gave the ball to Tom Kearney, who put put the ball right across the Arsenal box, and sadly it evaded everyone, including Kivior, who didn't realise that uh, Raul Jimenez was behind him, and he took his goal really well. I don't think Ray had a chance really. He, it was just he was just just buried the shot, and a one-one. Um, I thought we might, have, you know, that might have been the kick up the arse we needed, you know, but we didn't seem to. 
I don't think we really had that energy yesterday. You know, we just looked a bit flat, I thought. Um, for their second goal, there was a lot of hesitancy in the box. Rice, Gabriel and um, Tommy Asu should have really been cleared. They were all given out to each other when Dekard overread, Barry did pass, Raya, who didn't again, didn't have a chance, but um, just a lot of arguing amongst each other, you know, and it was just a bad, just a poor goal for us to concede because we don't concede sloppy goals, really, um, and we probably won't see that again, hopefully, uh, for the rest of the season. But just a few minutes after that then, um, Saka hit one over the crossbar, which if that was 2-2, it might have made us go on to maybe even win the game, but sadly, that went over the bar and then, um, Andreas Pereira had a great free kick that hit the crossbar for fun as well. But um, back to back defeats now. Um, one win in five in December in the Premier League um, isn't great reading, but we're still only two points behind and still um, 18 games left to play. So there's still a lot to play for. Um, I'll come to you, Eamon. What did you make of the match yesterday? Well, <clears throat> first of all, I want to reference the manager's interview. Um, after the game uh, and he normally defends his team um, and I think it was very instructive um, that he just said it was painful and that um, you have to be on it and we weren't on it and that he didn't crucify the team he, he, he said after all the consistency we've shown to be in the position we're in to go out and do that was painful and that nobody was really at it nobody was doing what they needed to do it was the biggest dressing down in public that I think he's given the players. Yeah. Uh, and you could see he was really hurt by it. And I admired that kind of um, honesty. I, I think you've got to look at the two games. I was I was at the West Ham game. Um, you've got to look at the two games. One, he defended his players to the hilt. I didn't think we were very dynamic against West Ham. We don't need to review that again because you, you did a show on that. Um, but having been there, while we weren't that dynamic... We were energetic and there was a lot of effort and, you know, on another day we, we'd have scored goals, you know, yeah. um, and, and we conceded bad goals. We actually handed him that game on a plate. Um, but the contrast of his interview after the West Ham game and after the Fulham game, uh, and he rightly called it out for what it was, it was absolutely hapless. That's the first thing. Second thing is... Um, we didn't, you, you say that had we got 2-2, we might have gone on to win it. We didn't earn the right to be in the game. So when we got 1-0 up, we didn't earn the right to play. And this is one of the things that worries me um, about this Arsenal team, is that they have possessions so easily that um, you don't become a bad team overnight, but you can develop bad habits. Yeah. And one of the bad habits we have is we're taking too many touches, just too many touches, right? And it was the same against West Ham. And Declan is guilty of it. So our good players, we, all our players are good players, but they're really, really top players. Saliba's doing it. Declan is doing it. And when I see the spine of our midfield and our central defenders taking 10 touches on the ball, then there's only one of two things that you can make an analysis. One is that there's not enough happening up front. Right, or two is that we've just become so comfortable in possession of the ball that you know we're just keeping ball for keeping ball's sake. And I actually think yesterday we just weren't on it. Uh, I, I think there probably was movement ahead. 
There was a few chances to get earlier passes through. We didn't do that. I think our defending um, has become, I think, casual is the word I'd use. Um, we considered four goals from corners in December. That's not acceptable. You're a top team, you can't do that. Goal yesterday from the corner, I mean, we have enough bodies in there to deal with that. And it should have been dealt with. Um, the other thing was, for, for Fulham's first goal, were we really chasing back as hard as we chased Salah back when, when, when Zinchenko clocked yeah. um, when Zinchenko clocked Odegaard at Anfield? And you could see the effort in the players getting back, you know, and it resulted in Alexander-Arnold hitting the bar because we chased so hard back that Salah put too much on his pass. Were we really chasing back the hard yesterday? I don't think we were. No, it doesn't. You know? no, no. And so if you're a few percentage points down on things in this league, you get punished. And I, I, I thought our defending was... Like if we'd have chased back a little harder, I think the central defenders would have been in better body shape and better position to deal with the cross that came through. As it was, the cross that came over, everybody was out of shape, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and it was bad from that point of view. Do you think, sorry, Eamon, sorry for going to cross you, do you think Kivior should have been a more alert of Jimenez behind him, or do you just think, do you just think we were completely out of shape? Yeah, but you see, that, that, that's, if you play the game in isolation, maybe, but he's looking at everybody else and where everybody else is as well. Yeah. So he, 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 he's deciding, do I stick or twist here? Because we weren't set properly across the box, he's kind of, Done neither. And that's a difficult one. That's a difficult one, you know? And yeah. he's got a left full line. We have to remember that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, think it, I, I think it was the defence as a unit was bad on that goal. Yeah. And the midfield didn't do enough to try and stop the counter-attack. And I want to touch on uh, Eddie and Ketia. Um, I see on our own podcast, and Ketia taking uh, our own podcast group on the WhatsApp and Ketia taking so much stick. Eddie and Ketia is the type of player who comes alive in the box. He's the type of player who likes to make a half a yard in the box and get a leg to something. We're asking him to do stuff he can't do if we're taking that many touches on the ball. If Eddie and Ketia has to come out to the left wing, 40 yards from his own goal, to get on the ball, there's something wrong, right? And that's all because of the amount of time we're taking on the ball. You know, Eddie is snuffed out. And he's not going to he's not going to win the ball and all of that traffic and, and do worldy stuff. We've got to get the ball moving quicker. Um, just one or two other things before John comes in. Um, I'll be very critical of Declan in the last two games. And I know we're not allowed to be critical of Declan because he's been brilliant this season. But the worry I always had about him was he doesn't take the ball on the half turn. And that's beginning to show. So there's no point in playing the ball out from the goalkeeper or from the back if you're doing it just to keep the ball. Yeah. That beats the press. Yeah. And if the press comes up on you and you get in midfield taking that in the half turn, the whole pitch switches around. Right? Declan's not doing that. Right? And it just spoke to me yesterday. I see he wasn't picked in the, in the Ghana uh, African nation. Like, if ever we were crying out for a fit Thomas party, it's now. Now, yeah. Right? Because yeah. he does do that. And it would also free up Declan to step a bit further forward, right? I'm not down on Declan. He's fantastic, right? But he's, he's world-class when the ball is in front of him. He's not yet developed in terms of... And I'd be inclined the party is not fit to get Jorginho into the team. 
Um, because he does take the ball on the half turn. And if you take the ball on the half turn, you move it to your older guards quicker, you move it to your Havertz quicker, you get it out to the wide men quicker. Opposition aren't set. And I think that's a problem. So um, that's as much as I have to really say about the game itself. Um, when we're talking about the impact on the season, um, but I'll come back in on some stuff later because I'll just finish with this. Um, the one word that was gone through my mind immediately after the game, before I'd heard uh, Mickey's interview, was we need to reset. You know, and we, if there's ever a bad time or ever a good time, rather, to have a bit of a blip in form, and everybody gets a dip in form, it's now because we don't have a Premier League game until the third week in January. Yeah. So, um, hopefully, we can get the malaise that's affected. As I understand, the team is probably going to go off and do some continental training and all that type of stuff um, in, in in the down week. So, look, um, very very poor. Uh, nothing else to say about it really. Um, too many touches, too slow. Yeah, it's a good point you made there. I think, but a bit of team bonding in um, the weeks. You know that. Uh, the so-called winter weeks, oh, you know, the one week, couple of weeks have. Yeah, Declan himself, though, Jonathan, Declan himself was very down on himself in the interview. It's which the first I time I've seen that, really. Mm-hmm. You know, you could. What, yeah, what he uh, said, what he said was, the, the, it's up to the players to demand more of each other, and we weren't doing it today. That's what he said. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. He is honest. I like his honesty as well. Yeah, he's honest. He'll tell it like it is. Yeah. Um, sorry, John, you've been sitting on the bench there uh, for a while there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Disappointing result yesterday. What did you make of the game yesterday yourself? New Year's Eve, we saved our worst performance of 2023 <laughs> for the very last day. Um, Eamon nailed it on the head. With the exception of the goal, which was the only bit of quick movement, quick play we produced during the whole game, everything was so slow. Everything was so predictable. Now, again, you've got to give Fulham some credit. Got the tactics right, they walked hard, they were snappy on into the tackle, they were forced, to, you know, with their breaking ball. And when they broke on us, they broke with pace. Um, you were talking about Eddie, Eddie got no ball. How can you complain about Eddie when he got no supply? But I think that's almost because we've become predictable. Everything goes down the flanks, everything goes to Martinelli, everything goes Saka, you fill up the middle, you're producing as on on uh, Wednesday night against uh, West Ham awesome. and again yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, you're just blocking any kind of decent ball into the centre forward. And as I say, that's not Eddie's job. That's not Eddie's game. Sorry. Um, I, I really thought everything we did was so pedestrian, so slow. Everything, even defensively, everything was so slow. Um, they attacked their fullbacks. Kibior was obviously targeted. Um, I wouldn't blame him for the goal. I thought the cross was absolutely outstanding. There was far enough away from the goalkeeper that he couldn't come for it. And it took out all three all three of our defenders that were there in the box. It was just a brilliant, brilliant cross. Um, I think you're right about Kivyar. I think he was watching the line, maybe for offside, trying to keep in line with these other defenders. But you've got to give some credit to Fulham for the, for the quality of the ball. But it was too easy for you for, for the, to get, get down the wing to get that cross in. Yeah. Far too easy. Yeah. So, as you said, very, very... Worst performance I've seen in 2023. Um, and it was so disappointing when you consider how good we were 
at home to Brighton and and the kind of performance we put in at Anfield. It's so disappointing to finish 2023 with two games like that, especially yesterday, because it's it just it's not what we've come to expect. As you say, the standards that Arteta and those players have set themselves over the last 18 months. So disappointed to see a performance like that. Um, I'd criticise the substitutions. Um, you were talking about Jorginho. I was praying Jorginho would come on. I really was. Um, just to do exactly what you were saying, get the ball in the midfield. I would have pushed Rice up to number eight. I would have put Havertz up to centre-forward just to give us something different. I mean, I've seen Havertz play centre-forward. I've seen him in the flesh against us when he played for Chelsea. He can do a job there. And I'm convinced he's someone who could help out Eddie. If he doesn't win the header, just breaking balls in the box, as you've said. And, and Eddie will sniff things out. He might only get half a chance. I think Eddie's the kind of striker who would try him for an old-school 4-4-2 with a, with a big man, small man, centre-forward yeah. you know, centre line. Um, I'd have taken Saka off and put Jesus on the wing. I think Saka was really poor. I'd have left Martinelli on. I mean, he, he, he was full of energy. He wasn't producing a hell of a lot, but he was full of energy. Full of energy, yeah. But then that's that's basically I'm grasping a straw. I think the centre half looks stressed. And when was the last time we saw Saliba and Gabriel stressed? You know, it it just hasn't happened. It's um very disappointing end of 2023. Um yeah, right party, I'm delighted he's not gone to the African nations. I'm hoping that's more a sign of him wanting to stay and regain his fitness, and I'm hoping he's not too far back. I have read certain articles that he's back to training. Tommy Asu, delighted to see him come on a hard time. Unfortunately, for QBR, I think he was sold down the river, really, because the, the, the players around him didn't help. And I thought Tommy steadied the ship a little bit. I thought he played all right in the second half. I'm grasping my straws here. I really am trying to look for positives because it was such a poor, poor performance. It really was. We, and, we, and, and we got such a great start. Yeah, said, that's the annoying part. It, it was a terrific breakaway goal. It really was. Um, that was the only bit of speed we put into the game in the whole game. It really was. What do you make of what did you make of the second goal, John? I've never seen so offense so sloppy. You know, so just wasn't was just bouncing around. The ball was just bouncing around the drop to him. You know, yeah, he he stuck it away well. I mean, unfortunately, even the the first goal against West Ham, we cleared the ball and the bounced off Zinchenko, and then everyone's what the hell's going on there? We've seen what happened <laughs> there. That's that's just pure bad luck. This. Their second goal, I mean, they, they were the only ones going to score a goal. We weren't going to score a second goal. We just never looked like it. We didn't deserve it. Um, the ball fell to him. It bounced around a little bit. And it fell to him when he it in. You know. But, but John, John, just gonna, can I come in there? Just yeah. on, on what you said. Because that's what I meant, really. You've actually nailed what I meant to kind of yeah. get across to the listeners um, about casual defending. Like, I thought the first goal at West Ham, uh, against West Ham the other night, was a complete lack of communication between Gabriel and Zinchenko. Zinchenko needs to tell him, I've got that, or I don't have it. But instead, neither of them communicate because they weren't on it, right? Gabriel whacks it off Zinchenko, but then squirtles across. Nobody's alive to the ball. Oh, it's gone out. How about balls gone out now at this stage, right? And again, the corner yesterday, it was switched on. Somebody gets a boot through that. You know, 
And enough chances. A ball shouldn't be a ball shouldn't be allowed to bounce around like pinball in your own box from a set piece. It just shouldn't, you know. And that's what I mean when if your percentage points are down, you get punished, you know. Um before we came on air, Johnny said that was our eighth game in December. Um another thing I was thinking is just how thin the squad is. We've got a very small group of players that Arteta seems to trust. Um, and when players are missing, or they, they played every game, they, I don't know what exhaustion comes into it. I know after the Liverpool game in the Cup this weekend, they have plans to go to Dubai for some uh, sunny weather training. But um, I just wish it was a different game than Liverpool, because I don't think he can rest any of these players. The squad really is limited. He doesn't seem to trust a lot. He doesn't trust Nelson enough. He doesn't. Smith Rowe was coming back. I would have liked to have seen him come on yesterday. Even um, it's just the options that we hoped we have just out there. And as you said, Party would be huge right now. He would absolutely be huge. And we spoke about him the last time I was on the podcast. And um. When you see a game like that, you just realise, get him back ASAP. I'm delighted he's not gone to the African Nations. Absolutely thrilled. Hope it gives him a little bit more time to get back to the Do you think we've become heavily reliant on Bukaya Saka to make things happen? Um, it's, well, we are reliant on their wingers, Saka and Martinelli. Yeah. I think we've become a little bit predictable. I think we've been scouted. As I said, I think that they double up on their wide players and they... They they block any kind of any any kind of uh, uh, possession into where centre forwards, and that's slowing everything down. They're quite yeah. happy. We we talked about the old horseshoe under Arsene Wenger. You know, when everything was slow, they play around the eighteen yard box. And yesterday we were doing it, playing around the eighteen yard box because there was very little movement in the box, and everybody was they were so they were so congested. Eddie couldn't get the ball because we couldn't get the ball to him. Yeah, 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 but one of the reasons why you have to play that horseshoe around the box is if 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 fellas deeper down the field are taking ten and twelve touches. It's sure, so slow, ain't it? But it's yeah. when we get up to the bloody box, you yeah. have to, you can only go on a horseshoe. We've know? also always said is Arsenal so much better when the ball is played fast, when they play fast football. Zip the cry, yeah. Many but the, I think the opposition to figure it out we can slow them down, then I thought I would. And I don't even think it was that you know, it's just it's. I'm hoping it's not fatigue because we've still got another four or five months of this season to go with these players. <laughs> we've still got another potentially 20 games of football to play with these players. So I'm hoping it's not. Yeah, fatigue. potentially. Yeah. And like I'm hoping remember, we can. We might have to remember as well. Like that's four points Fulham have taken off us this season when you include the two ball yeah. draw. Like Marco Silva, he does play a good style of football. You know, Fulham are a decent side. You know, like I think Arsenal fans how he does. Rock up to the Craven Catch and end the year in a high by giving them a three 0 like we did. You know that, that was. I think yeah, Fulham were really going lost out. three games straight. They lost yeah. three games straight. They were they were out of form themselves. I think we, that was a massive win for them yesterday. Yeah, we allowed them. If we're taking that many touches on the ball and just in a comfort zone in possession, well then we're allowing them to set themselves, play their way into the game, not fear us too much. Um, they're organising stuff and, and, and that, but look uh, what I wanted to say in, in general terms um, and I picked this up on Thursday night when I was, when I was in the stadium like the team needs a reset 
And there's an opportunity to do that. Like, I don't, I'm not as defeated as the bell. I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. It's time to hit the reset button. We have good players. We've better players than I would say every team in the Premier League bar one. Right? Our squad depth is a bit thin. Um, but if we got players back, it wouldn't look so bad. Right? And, um, and we do have options. So it's time for a reset. But one of the things I noticed in the ground is it's not just the team that needs a reset. The whole club needs a reset in terms of its expectation, right? We've got to look at where we are. Well, where are we, right? First of all, we've got to now think about, well, we need to consolidate our top four position. Forget about titles. Forget about titles, right? Let's start working on getting points in every game and see where it takes you, right? That's the first bit of the reset. We've a free shot at Liverpool in the FA Cup because the pressure's off, yeah. right? It's a free shot, right? And what I'd say is this. Last year, when we were exciting everybody, nobody expected us to be where we were. So there was a real feel good, you know, and the, 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 you could see. When we went behind in a game last year, there was no groans. Everybody got behind the team. Now, I mean, and by the way, look, I want to make this clear. My opinion is only my opinion. It's no more or less valid than anybody else's, and everybody's opinion is valid. But there's some of the meltdowns. If you look at our own people, right? Intelligent <laughs> football people having an absolute meltdown. The reason why I'm saying I'm not criticizing them, they are entitled to have a meltdown. But if you if if you, if that's a straw poll of the feeling, say for example, in the stadium, that transmits onto the pitch. And I think that. We're getting a bit bogged down in the weight of expectation because last year we went very, very close and this year everybody really wanted us to kick on. And I know it's really frustrating. I know it is, right? But you've got to look at Liverpool. Liverpool, I just did a calculation here. From 73 to 90, that's 18 seasons, won 11 titles. They were serial winners. Didn't win another one for 30 years. It's yeah. not easy to do. And they were in the mix for an awful lot of those titles that they didn't win. But And I hate saying this, but over the last few years when Klopp was chasing titles against Man City and they were racking up 90-odd points and whatnot, I didn't see the same level of meltdown from Liverpool fans if, if a game or two went wrong. We, are, we, we, we need to reset and kind of say to ourselves, look, best thing we can do now is arrive as the best version of ourselves at home to Crystal Palace, get a good win under our belts, get another three points, get as many three pointers as we can and see where it takes us. This thing about every single thing that goes wrong is a, is a titanic-like disaster. I, be, I actually believe, having been in the stadium on Thursday night, that is beginning to transmit to the players. I really do. Because... The crowd is not the same force that it was last season. As you say, the level of expectations gone up. Correct. The level of patience has gone down. Yeah. Do you and think? Thing, and then one other thing I wanted to say was, and, and you know, with this, they start questioning the manager. Like, get real. And we're not going down this road again. But I'm actually, in, <laughs> ironically, ironically, in the middle of reading the Charles Watts book, 
um, revolution, the rise of Arteta's Arsenal. And I thought I was fairly well informed on most Arsenal stuff. But I have to tell you guys, the mess that was inherited in 2019 is way worse than I thought it was. From the top to the bottom of the club, right? And it took a good two to three years to even patch up that mess, right? So let's not all get too down on ourselves. It was a terrible performance. It was a terrible result. It was a bad day for the team. It was a bad day for the manager. Um, but we hit the reset button now and we go at it. That's, you know, as Mr. Dave O'Leary would say, as I say, at the end of the day, get on with it. And that's, there's a bit of that required. Get on with it, you know? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's just looking at the ratings from yesterday, uh, from the newspapers, it's the lowest ratings I've seen for the start nurse 11. The only ones that hit, the highest was six. And that was uh, David Ray and Bukaya Saka. The rest were marked as four and five, which shows how poor the performance was. But, um, you know, as Eamon says, there's still a long way to go yet and we're only two points off the top. I think the frustrating thing is it's just not taking advantage of, you know, we could have been top today. But um, to you, John, with one win and five in December, as Eamon says, it's time to hit the reset button. But do you think it could be time to dip we, our toes in the transfer market? December, no? Sorry? Um, <laughs> the, the transfer market, I think it's time for us to show some character. We showed it last season. We showed it with a lot of last-minute winners this season. It's time for us to sort of, as Eamon says, reset and show some character. I'm not convinced we'll do anything in the transfer window because I don't think the money's there. Um, and the reason I don't think the money's there is that we only got Rayer on loan for the season. We couldn't afford to win. So I don't think, unless we sell big, and I don't see anybody buying any of our players for big money in January, I do not see us doing any business of them at all in January. So I think this is the squad we have, and this is the squad we have going forward. So I'm just, I'm just saying that now. There's talk of the club they might be cashing in on Eddie and Ketty and Aaron Ramsdale if good from fees come from... Do you think that's... From him. Who's going, to, who's going to spend the money and what kind of money are you talking about? He could be looking at 30 million at least for Ramsdale. From who? <laughs> who do you think would sign him? You know, is there takers for him? that I think wants a goalkeeper and that's Newcastle. <laughs> but the fans getting on Eddie's back as well. Do you think it's time to cash in on Eddie now? Do you think his game Again, is up? Who's going to spend the money? And what are we going to get to replace him? That's better for that kind of money. If we do got, you think it's realistic that Ivan Tony would come to Arsenal in January, or do you think that's an on-runner? I don't, I, because of the money that's going to be asked for. I think it, you know, 70, 80 million plus the, trans, plus the wages for a 28-year-old? No, I don't. I, I, I know I read Eamon. You put Who hasn't that played in a year. Yeah, you made a good point, Eamon, on the group, yeah. Like, so you think, yeah, I just yeah. don't see it happening. Yeah. I really don't see it happening. John, John is spot on. When I tell you something, if we buy a player in January without, without getting the fee in, we will be in breach of FFP. Absolutely. And I can tell you, they won't be as lenient on us as they would be on you know who and you know who else. Yeah. Right? I'm telling you. Like and, and this is not my view. This is reported. We will be in breach of FFP if we just go out and buy a brand. Now, if that's what people want, 
and then we get points deducted off us next season when we're trying to strengthen the squad year on year, right? So the squad that we have is the squad that we have. I still believe wholeheartedly it's the second best squad in the league, right? I think we're short. We're certainly short up front. We're short one more midfield player and we're short the defender. But that's next summer's business, folks. Well, the midfielder is Barty and the defender is Timber. It's so unlucky that we only got yeah. less than a half a football out of yeah. football out of Timber. So I think next season is a replacement for Party and it and sorting things out up front. I just don't see it happen in January. I asked exactly what I can say. Financial fair play. Unless we get some stupid bloody transfer fees in for players that were willing to let go. I don't see him spending any money at all. And I can tell and I can tell you, spending 70 million on Ivan Tony at 28 years of age, um, with the way we play, right? And the fact that he hasn't played in a year would be Nicholas Pepe type balls up, I'm telling you. Do you think you know how fragile Arsenal fans are? If we don't, you know you well, Johnny. We know we've been listening to you for the last three or four years. We know exactly how fragile you were. I'm talking about the other million odd Do you think if he doesn't dip his toes in the transfer market, do you think there'd be uproar? You know, well, which will cause more uproar, Johnny? Not tra- not spend the money in the transfer market or getting deducted ten points. Okay. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fine, it's a fine balance. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you about uproar. What do you mean by uproar? Well, let me tell you, I have a philosophy. Always worry about the silent majority rather than the vocal minority. Okay? That's it. The silent majority, the silent majority are the ones who will make the judgment at the end of the day. Because when they stop becoming silent, that's when you know you have an issue. The people who, the people who, behave as keyboard warriors, they go on those things because they want to rant. So just because people are ranting on social media doesn't mean there's uproar. You'll know in the stadium, as we knew in the stadium towards the end of Arsene's reign, what needed to happen. We knew in the stadium from the 60,000 people watching week in, week out. Because you have to look at the the 60,000 people they are a cross-section of everybody. So this, for, for those 60,000 people who were there every week, you can take it that they represent the views of the 6 million people or however or, or whoever follows us around the world. Because, you know, 60,000 is a great sample of people. But the people who go on just to go on on social media and, you know, and rant, sure, that's what they do. I don't. I, I wouldn't listen to any of that noise. I don't think that's uproar. Uproar will happen. You'll know when uproar happens, right? It will be in the stadium. But Jesus, folks, the club is on an upward trajectory. Even though we lost a couple of games, we are going in the right direction. And if you want proof of the, whether we're going in the right direction or not, that sixty thousand people expect us to win the title. The reason why they expect us to win the title is that we've given them a team that has shown they are capable of being in that race. Simple. Did you, like, you were saying just briefly, um, you were at the match last Thursday, you were saying, did you feel a different atmosphere amongst the fans like that, you know, when we went behind, was there, you know, did it get flashed, you know? 
So it wasn't so much that we get flat, it's that like we are obsessed with winning the title. And the point I'm trying to make to you is Liverpool were obsessed with winning the title for most of those 30 years that they didn't. And they were serial title winners, right? And it just, it, it just felt that it's not that they're not behind the team. It's just that with that weight of expe- expectation on it, the fans need a reset. The fans need to get in and say, Do you know what? Didn't we have fun last season when we were really connected and behind the team? And you know what? We're going to do our very, very, very best to get behind the team again. That's the type of reset I'm talking about, you know? Yeah, um, yeah you make good points, yeah. Um, yeah, there's very little we can say about yesterday. It was just a bad end of the year. Of like 2023 was really a good year right. for us. You know, we saw a lot of positives. Um, and as Martin Stumble stuck in our group, that his liver is still intact after 12 months. So that's always a good sign. Um, man of the matches, lads. Um, this was a bit of an ask. <laughs> I'd probably give mine to Martin Ellie. I thought had a good game. I thought he tried to make things happen. So uh, it would have been between Martinelli and Saka for me. Um, Eamon, did anyone stand out for you yesterday? Well, if it had been a home game, I'd have given it to Gunnar Zardes. Um, <laughs> uh, but as an away game, I tend, I tend to agree with you. To my mind, Martinelli was our only hope yesterday. So yeah. surprised he was taken off, as I said earlier. Yeah, get over it. You know? happen on the wing, yeah. Yeah. Um, John, did anyone stand out for you? <laughs> I'm just going to surprise everybody and say David Ray because I don't think he did that enough. Yeah. So he had a solid game, and, yeah. You know, I'm sick of people giving out about him. I don't think he's done that enough. Yeah. Should there were people I'm, giving I'm, out about David Ray um, again on our monthly crew um, over the West Ham game yeah, that he didn't command his box for the goal? I, think, I was behind the goal. Yeah. David Ray had nothing to do with that goal going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like... Gabriel decides to whack it off Zinchenko. Um, ben White decides not to chase it down and, and, and just in case that ball has not gone out to get himself closer to where Jared Bowen was, then it, it, it takes a waxy hop out and nobody makes a dash out to close down um, uh, Suchek. Right? There's four fellas on the bloody line and they all stood there. You know? Yeah, so let's blame, let's and then all of a sudden, that's because David Raya doesn't command his ball. Nonsense. No. Like there's one moment yesterday before Jimenez got the equaliser, he saved well from Jimenez. It was fairly similar from outside, but you know, so yeah, I thought he, I thought he done. He like he got six there as a rating yesterday. He had that probably reflected. Yeah, I, I think he's done very little wrong since he's come in ahead of Ramsdale. So, um. But look, I think these back to back defeats will be, you know, a wake up call. I think for the whole team, you know. And um, we're not going to go into games and walk them like last year, you know. Well, if Declan, if Declan is to be held to his word, I thought the most telling thing was he said, we need to demand more of each other. Now, if, if it's three weeks to our next Premier League game and there's going to be a winter break and that's the culture that needs, that's, that's exactly what I mean by hit reset. The players need to reset themselves to demanding the very, very best off each other. Yeah. Yeah, there's free leadership from Declan Rice, though, isn't there? You know, you're seeing it week on week in interviewing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I mean, a predecessor. He's a man more of himself, too, you know? 
Yeah, he demands more of, yeah, he's critical of himself and, yes, which you don't really see players really coming out and saying, yeah. Um, that result yesterday, as uh, we said at the start, uh, we're in four position uh, with 40 points, so we're safe from the relegation zone, thank God. <laughs> Another season in the top fly. Um, to look, two points off Liverpool, which, you know, um, I can see Villa probably fading away, so I still think it's between ourselves, Liverpool and City probably. You'd, you'd think, you know, still a long way to go yet, and it's hard to predict. <laughs> and I'm predicting nothing, as Paul Merson said last season, if you're still in it with 10 games to go, then you can start dreaming, you know. So if, I think if, we, if we're still in it before or after the international break in March, you can, you know, you can start adding up where you're going to get the wins and points from us. We're not going to do that now, because <laughs> we're all Jonas in the show. <laughs> Uh, brief look to Saturday game, lads. Uh, it's on Sunday, this one. Um, Liverpool and the FA Cup. I think it could be a welcome distraction just from the Premier League. Um, I'm not too worried about the, the FA Cup. You know, if we're to be knocked out of this and concentrate in the Champions League and league. You know, I I, I know we should go, always go for any trophies going, but, you know, I think just the way the season's kind of going, I prefer just to concentrate in two fronts, you know. But I come to you, John. What what would you like to come from the game on Sunday? Well, I'd like to see some of the fringe players. I'd like to see Smith Rowe get a start. I'd like yeah. to see Nelson get a start. I'd like to see Jorginho get a start. No, let's give that. Let's give them games and let's see what happens. I wouldn't be wiping my hands at the FA Cup. It's given us far too much entertainment over the years, especially over the last ten years. So it definitely wouldn't be just thrown it to the wind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it could be your tether out before the re- the reset as Eamon <laughs> Eamon, what, 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 what do you think for Sunday, what would you like? Well, the first thing I'd like is I'd like Klopp to get rid of that bloody baseball cap and that bubble coat and, uh, <laughs> because every time he does that with the jaw um, with that bet, I actually just want to take a mallet right, and take another <laughs> mallet and put one mallet on top of the other mallet right so I want, I want I want that to happen. Right, that's the first thing. Second thing is we don't have a game for two weeks. We we can play our full team. <clears throat> they have a semi final of a Carabao Cup um, coming up a few days later. Yeah. So he's got to think of legs and minutes oh. and all. And then, you know, and it's it's not a, it's not well. Oh, well, he'll he'll put a bogey team out in the Carabao Cup against. Well, he he has to think of managing the workload on the players in a different way than we do for that game. So we have a free shot at it. We have a free shot to get out and play, not worried about titles, get out and be our, be, be the be- best version of ourselves we can be. And I think if we do that, we'll win the game, right? Um, I think they have a brilliant front five. Um, they're about the same as us at the back. Um, but I think their midfield is poor, right? Um, I've been, I think with, I've been impressed with Endo. I have to be honest, since he's broke into the same for Liverpool. Um, not sure. Not sure about him. I thought he was impressed with it against him today. I thought he had yeah. 
terrific game. We have a better midfield though, John, you know. But we had a better midfield than Fulham, they have to tunnel. I thought, like, to be honest with you, we went to Anfield when they gave us their full storm. And uh, if, that, if, that, if that had been a boxing match, it would have been a split decision, you know. Um, I think we can win the game on, on Sunday. Because um, we, 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 we can put out our full deck. I'm not sure they will, you know. Um, Do you think he would bring in a few yeah. French players, as John said, Eamon? Uh, I think they shouldn't get some minutes under the belt. Yeah. I mean, I'm desperate to see Smith Rowe get back. I mean, we haven't seen yeah. him in any. Yeah, I think he's probably won. He's probably won. But I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he is part of the full deck. Yeah. yeah. You know yes. what I mean? I, I, I don't count. I, I don't think that if you put Smith Rowe on the team, you're playing a fringe player. I think you're playing a player. Who, oh, if he's he hasn't been cropped as long he's as he had hasn't played much, and I think he's, I yeah. think he's in the need of minutes. I'd, I'd rather see him get the the fourth error than the last ten, the last fifteen twenty minutes. Get some miles into the legs, and let's let's see what you're doing. We're getting great reports of what he's doing in China. Give him the error, and I think he would have been an option on, on yesterday. I mean, I know it's, I'm just desperate to see him back and see if he's yeah. as fit as as we hope he will be, you know, he's not going to he's not going to get fit without games. So give him a bloody game in the FA Cup. I tell you, when he came on against West Ham, he looks really athletic looking now. God, he's trimmed down he now. Uh, I tell you what, now um, again, haven't been haven't been there. That was one thing that did strike me. Yeah. He looked very nimble and fit and athletic, you know. Um, let's yeah, I'd like to see him start. Well, I'd like to see him start a lot of league games, you know. Um. <laughs> I think when Odegaard is, has a real option. Yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't I don't think Odegaard needs to start every single 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 game, you know. Um we, we we've options there. But look, in relation to Sunday, um what channel is it on? BBC one, half or okay. The research that goes into this for on the buttons. <laughs> uh no, it should be a cracking game, yeah. And if we Go into like we with the one I'll draw that play like with that. With BBC one for me, the problem with BBC one for me is that I can sit in my little cocoon in my kitchen and watch any channel that's associated with Sky or all them TNTs or whatever they call them, nitroglycerin or whatever it is. And um, but BBC one doesn't come up on the Sky package, so I have to watch it on the big screen in the living room and so. (laughs) As the horror unfolds, you can see it unfold in fifty-two inches rather than you can you can hide the view of the small screen much easier, you know. Yeah. It's like it's like watching our three ugly faces on the wide screen and this. <laughs> yeah, it should be a cracking game. Um, yeah, I'll go and we go into the next round. But yeah, it's Crystal Palace and then Forest then in the league in January, the twentieth. January 20th is Palace and then 10 days later is Forest. So a bit of a gap between them games. So yeah, a bit of recover, nice bit of recovery time as well. Um, it brings us to gold of the month now for December. The best part of the show. Um, I'll start with you, Johnson. It's been a while. Uh, your player of the month for December. Oh. <laughs> but it gone Habits. I'll go with Habits because I think he's, he's finally starting to show what we, we hoped he could do. Yeah. And um you were only talking about I can't even remember the half the goals, just like hey, you were talking earlier. Um so I'll go with Royce. Royce has winner, last been a winner against Luton because you just can't be a last winner. 
Ridiculous, ridiculous game of football that was. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Said <laughs> so you might. Uh, it's not good for the old ticker. That game of football. Is, um, yeah, that's two good choices there. Your goal of the month, Eamon, for December. Goal of the month. Well, obviously Declan's goal was the most exciting goal because of the, 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 when it came, my favourite goal um, was Eddie and Katia's goal uh, away at PSV. Um, because, yeah. because 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 it was a real it was a name right goal it was a real striker's goal he had nothing to look at and he shifted it half a yard and then everything opened up for him and he and he planted it it was a beauty it was a real yeah. striker's goal that was my favourite goal for December you know and your player of the month for December player of the month for December I'm with you on this it's, it, it was Kai Havertz and do you know what we really missed him against West Ham you know. Um, I know yeah, he was pants yesterday, but yeah. he was he he was pants yesterday in a complete pants like performance you know, from everybody. A pants of mine, uh, yeah. um, but uh, he was um, no, he was um, he was terrific in December. Yeah, probably, he's going to win my player in golden month as well. Uh, the golden month being the Brighton goal. Thought the way he took his goal is a player in real confidence. You know, he could have shanked that left or right, but he took a really well way for the keeper to come out and slotted it well past him. I thought um, he scored a few important goals for us uh, in the last few games. Yeah, you sure he didn't shank it? Because every time I look at that goal, I'm not sure he meant to finish. Don't put the mockers on him. <laughs> we don't want him to go back into that mode he was in the early on the season. Kai, if you're listening, you didn't shine because you took a view. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Is there anything, lads, you'd like mentioned about the Dublin Nurses Supporters Club for the new year ahead or anything you'd like to say? Keep coming in. Keep giving us the support. Keep enjoying yourself. Uh, and keep the meltdowns coming in the groove, particularly Craig Smith, as always. <laughs> Oh, as I said, everybody's opinion is valid. And you have to remember, the age profile of some of these guys, and they'll tell you this themselves, is that they were born into a winning team. Yes. And we're winning, we're winning titles, and, and it, it's, it's, it's very hard to look at when, you know. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'd, reference, I'd reference Liverpool. Uh, I mean, listen... I'm not an apologist for Liverpool FC. They ruined my childhood, and I'll never forgive them for that. So they they have zero popularity in my DNA. But <laughs> I, I noticed that, like a couple of times I've been in Anfield or I even watched, like when under Benitez and stuff and Brendan Rodgers when they were chasing the title. You know that place was so noisy even though they hadn't won it for so, so long. And even when they lost the game, it wasn't the bloody meltdown that we, we suffer, you know? Um, there you go. Yeah, it's the 20th anniversary of the Invincibles this year, yeah, which is incredible, yeah. As you can see, the tree was of age like a fine wine. <laughs> Those... well, listen, here's the other thing I was thinking about um, uh, yesterday. Like, I know the Invincibles went through the season unbeaten, but that great team... They had days like yesterday too. Yeah, yeah. We just don't remember. Yeah, yeah you kind of gloss over them because they won trophies and stuff. But they had they had some awful days. I mean, I'll say I'll say two words, John: Wanderers and Bolton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually yeah. I was thinking about that one. Today, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's the one that came to mind. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, we only we only sing when we're winning. Um, like you have to take the goal with the bad, you know. You you stick by them through thick and ten, and um, the next five months will be exciting. You know, no matter what, we're still we're still in three competitions, so um, and still still waiting on the comeback of um, Yorin Timber from injuries. Well, we still haven't seen what type of player he is, but from what we saw in preseason, he would be a welcome back addition, I think, uh, when he comes back. Um. Yeah, it's oh, by the, way, Charles, the Charles Watts book. I'm only halfway through it. Uh, Revolution: The Rise of Our Arteta's Arsenal um, is a proper good read. Yeah. Yep. There you go, John. Straight yeah, on Amazon for that. <laughs> um, yeah, wraps up a busy show, lads. Um, I just like to. No, I picked it up. I picked it up in Easton's um, just before Christmas um, yeah. when I was looking for the Harry Potter box set. <laughs> no, <laughs> I picked it up in Easton's. Uh, I just saw it there, and I said, "Do you know what?" Um, some of the, you know, you know the way you're like a, you're, you're like a kind of a Teletubby after Christmas. Um, you say, "I might just take a book and yeah. just try and focus my mind on not eating." You know. Uh, <laughs> So I did it for that, you know. Yeah. Eamon, is there a Harry Potter of the Dublin Arsenal podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know why you get. <laughs> I'm more Harry Potter than Graham Potter. You know? <laughs> as, Car- as you said to Carl, he's more Merlo than Perno. <laughs> yeah, I'd just like to wish everyone on the Dublin Arsenal um, podcast and committee and for everyone in the River Bar as well. Um, Happy New Year for 2024. Um, you can catch our podcast always on um, the Dublin Arsenal YouTube channel and Spotify and all the other um, social media ones we have out there. So um, until our show next week, lads, um, have a good week, first week of January, and um, we'll see you then. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Take care, Johnny. Take Thanks. care. Take care, Okay. Bye. Cheers.